as a food blogger, it's natural to want your business to continue to grow and to reach more people with your blog. But have you ever considered if your blog is ready for that kind of growth? Keep listening to learn how you can make sure your blog is ready for an increase in traffic and for growth. Hey friend, I'm Madison Wetherill, a web designer and branding strategist for food bloggers and your host for the Vine podcast. This show is all about supporting you as a food blogger as you grow your business. I'll share tips for designing your business and your website with intention so that you can build a blog that fits into your life, not consumes it. You'll hear tips for connecting with your audience, growing your blog, and tips for managing and designing your website, all in short, easy to consume and actionable episodes. If you're ready to think differently about the strategies and tactics that you need to grow your food blog, you are in the right place. I'm so excited that you're here, friend. Let's get started. Hey, food bloggers, and welcome back to another episode of the Vine Podcast. I am so excited that you are tuning in this week. And this topic in particular came to me a few weeks ago while I was traveling, which is one of the times where I get my best ideas and can really flesh out ideas that I have. That has been a little bit challenging in this new season of life, so I was very happy to be able to sit down and really just brainstorm a ton of podcast ideas for you guys, and this was one of the topics that came up. But before we dive into the actual episode content, I always love to just give you guys a quick welcome and say thank you for listening. I know that you have so many amazing podcasts to choose from these days to listen to, and so I'm so thankful for those of you who tune in, whether it's, you know, religiously every Tuesday or you're tuning in and batch listening while you're driving somewhere. I just really appreciate the time that you spend listening to this podcast, and I so appreciate the feedback that I get from you guys when you guys tell me that you love these episodes and that they are really helping you to grow your food blog. Now, if you're brand new to the podcast and this is the first episode or you've listened to a couple of episodes of the show, thank you so much for just giving this a chance and seeing if it is a good fit for you. My name is Madison Wetherill and I am the CEO and founder of Grace and Vine Studios. Over there, we specialize in building brands and custom websites for food bloggers who are looking to take their business to the next level. Now, I have been getting back into the swing of recording new podcasts. And one of the things I was doing before my maternity leave is I was sharing a little bit of a behind the scenes of my personal life, just because I think it's so important for us to connect to each other as people. And that is another reason why I just love connecting with you guys over on Instagram or in my inbox and just getting to know you guys on a more personal level, not just knowing your business name, but really knowing, you know, the things about you that make you and your brand different. And so I wanted to share a quick personal, you know, background for this week's podcast. So I was thinking about how we are finally really getting into the groove of being a family of five. If you're tuning in and you're brand new, you might not know that I just had my third baby back in August of 2022. And so we are just coming up on about three months and we're just starting to get into a good groove. I'm very lucky that he is a very good sleeper and that really makes it easy to navigate life with a newborn. But other than that, our weather has been so nice. So we have been trying to spend every moment that we can outside. I live in Arizona and so we are just going into our gorgeous weather season and we literally cannot get enough of just being outside. So we've been trying to take a lot more family adventures and just spend time together outside as we can. And I mentioned this on Instagram a while back, but I think something that has made this newborn season so easy besides the fact that he sleeps well is that When I was recovering and in kind of that first few weeks of postpartum, I took that postpartum recovery very seriously and I was very intentional with making sure that I did not do too much too soon. And so I really focused on 
just physically healing and mentally resting. And I think that really helped me to get on my feet sooner and to get back to feeling like my normal self. It's such a weird thing when you go, you know, from being pregnant for almost a year and then you have a newborn and just feels like you haven't really been your normal self in such a long time. So when you finally feel that way again, it is just a very refreshing way to feel. But I really think all that intentionality really helped to get back to that sooner. So for food bloggers right now, you are probably feeling the busyness of quarter four and you hopefully are starting to think about your quarter one goals. I know it is hard to start thinking about those when you are still in the thick and the throes of quarter four, which can be such a busy time with sponsored work and just getting lots of content out there and making sure that your website is ready to go. However, if you are starting to think about those quarter one goals and you're realizing that you have some goals like increasing your ad revenue, increasing your traffic, or getting your audience to engage more with your website. Maybe you are thinking about wanting to create a really niched down resource-based website for your readers. If any of those things are on your goals for next year, I would love to chat with you about how we can partner with you to make that happen through our various programs. So we are now booking for December and January start dates, and I would just love to see if we would be a good fit to partner together and work on either a custom brand for you or a custom website to really help you make that impact that you are hoping to make with your people. So you can always go to graceandvinestudios.com and click on the services tab to learn more about our different offers and how we work with clients, or you can check the show notes for a direct link. So let's jump into today's topic, which is really thinking about whether or not your blog is ready for growth. Sometimes blog growth can happen when we least expect it, but for a lot of food bloggers, it's the result of very intentional actions and decisions that eventually culminate and you eventually see that blog growth that you're hoping for. But what if your business is not ready behind the scenes for that type of growth? In the past, I've seen clients who have experienced the growing pains of their blog growing too quickly and not really having the infrastructure to back it up. I've also seen clients who planned for the blog growth that they are you know, working hard to reach, and it is still a shock when it happens and you can't really sustain the level of business and administrative tasks that come behind the scenes when you have that increase in traffic. So as I was thinking about these different situations that I've witnessed with our clients or even some of the things that we have experienced as my business has grown, I figured out a few things that I wanted to share that can help make sure that you are prepared for the growth that you are hoping that your blog will have. Honestly, a lot of these issues are really common issues that can happen at any point in time, but when your blog is in a growth mode and you are focusing your energy on growing, you may find that it is more of a hassle to deal with these issues in more of an urgent way when you are kind of dealing with all of these issues all at once. So I have five different ways that I'm going to share that are things that you can do to prepare for blog growth now. And they're not things that are very difficult to do ahead of time. Or again, I mentioned earlier that so a lot of these issues are things that you could have happen anytime. So these are just great ways to make sure your business is set up for success for that growth that you will hopefully eventually have and that you're not kind of scrambling to figure those things out. And then I'm also going to share the issue itself that you might find that you are experiencing when your blog starts to grow. And then I'm going to share how you can prepare for that as well. So the first thing that you might notice when your blog grows a little too fast is that you have an increase in comments and emails. Now this is going to naturally happen as you have more traffic coming to your site. Comments and email engagement is something that is not as common as it used to be when food blogging first started, but as you build a really engaged audience, you might find that you have more of that sort of admin work that is needed to keep up with the level of comments and questions and replies to your emails that you might get. 
If you have a virtual assistant for your blog or another team member who maybe helps with marketing or other administrative tasks, my recommendation is to start preparing them now. Even if you are the person right now who handles all of your comments and you manage your inbox and you work on replying to all of that, you can still prepare by starting to document your process for replying to comments and figuring out what types of emails you might reply to, what types of emails you may just delete and not respond to, starting to document those things in what we call and know as SOPs or standard operating procedures in our business. Those are great ways to start preparing for that so that if and when your blog traffic takes off to the level where you can't keep up with that administrative work anymore, you can easily hire someone and hand them a stack you know, a figurative stack of documentation that will help them to know exactly how you would want that stuff to be handled. And you can also follow it yourself. So it's a lot easier to follow sort of a checklist of those types of things than it is to kind of reinvent the wheel every single time. And it will make handling an increased amount of engagement from people a lot easier in the future. The second thing that you might find shows up when you have an increase in traffic is that you might notice your website is way too slow. Now the increase in traffic itself isn't always going to cause the website to be slower unless you have poor hosting that can't handle the influx of visitors. But a slow website might be more tolerated when you have less people on your website and those people are more than likely already closer to being a super fan of yours. So when your website is slow or it's poorly performing and you have more people coming to it, most likely from social media or from organic search, this could send a signal to Google that your website is poorly operating and it could decrease the chance of you ranking well. So taking care of site speed before you need to take care of it is definitely always the preferred method. You can prepare by starting to think about your site speed now when you're not under the pressure of lots of traffic coming to your site. When we work on our client's site speed, when we are working on custom websites for people, we take about 28 days to really monitor the progress and to make sure that everything is passing core web vitals and page speed insights and all of that stuff, but it is a process and it takes time. So working on it now before you have, you know, an influx of people and you need it fixed today is really going to benefit you in the long run for so many reasons, but especially in these moments where you are under that pressure, knowing that your page speed is under control, that you're passing core web vitals, all of those things are going to help you feel at ease that your website is optimized and performing the way that it should. It's also going to hopefully help you to reach that blog growth sooner when you invest in making sure that you have a proper website that is performing well and is running fast. So this one is really easy to start preparing for just by making sure to go to PageSpeed Insights, put in a couple of your blog posts to see if they are passing Core Web Vitals and what you are scoring for your page speed. This is gonna help you to figure out if you have a problem already, or it's going to help you be reassured that your site is in good working order. And then be sure to reach out to the people who you need to reach out to if you are finding that your site speed is not up to speed and you're needing some support there. Make sure that you make the effort now to start working on that and getting that fixed. The third issue that might come up when you have an increase in traffic and your blog is growing maybe too quickly is that you might notice that you have slow hosting. So there are really two different issues that we talk about here when we're talking about slow hosting. One is a company that is slow all the time. And another is when you have a hosting company that doesn't have the resources for you to have a higher level of traffic. They're really similar in the what the issue is specifically, but it can look a couple of different ways depending on how the hosting company is set up. But either way, it's not a good position to be in and it can leave you scrambling to find a fix quickly when you realize that you no longer can support or your hosting company can no longer support the level of traffic that you have to your blog. 
This is a really notorious problem for shared hosting companies like Bluehost or SiteGround. They simply do not have the resources needed to support high traffic websites. So this is something that we always recommend. Every single time you work with a custom web design client, we always recommend that they get on a better host if they're using one of those two hosting companies because you are just simply not going to get the results that are possible for your blog when it comes to performance and site speed when you are on a poor hosting company like those two hosting companies. So do your due diligence now to invest in a hosting company that will support your blog growth and you can grow into instead of feeling like you're scrambling to grow out of it because your traffic has increased. The hosting companies that we see the most success with and we recommend to our clients are Big Scoots, WP Engine, and Kinsta. There are certainly other companies that are great out there, but those are the three that we have seen the most success with. The next problem is that you might find that your website is difficult to navigate. Sometimes when a blog post maybe takes off on Pinterest or on social media, you may see that your users are needing to use your search function more, especially if the blog post link is somehow broken. Or just that influx in readers can lead to more people searching around your content and your website to see what else you have. So your website navigation should be set up in a way that easily helps your readers to find their way around your website. In episode 141, we covered user experience a bit more in depth. And one of the tips that I shared in that episode was that your main navigation menu should have your essential items like your homepage, about page, recipe index, and then your top categories listed so that your readers can easily browse your content. And you also should have an easy to find and functional search bar. So you can prepare now by auditing your current navigation menu. You wanna make sure that the, you have those priority items on there. And then consider moving your non-essential items to a sub menu or a footer menu. Test out your search bar as well and make sure that it is bringing up the results that it should. If you need a more advanced search function, then consider looking into something like Slickstream, which can help make the user experience of your search function even better. The fifth thing that I see most often happening when your blog experiences growth is that you might realize you have no way for people to subscribe to your email list and therefore you have no way to turn that organic traffic into repeat traffic and encourage people to come back to your website. Now, I see this happen a lot of the times when people are not anticipating the amount of traffic that they might get from something. So most often that's going to happen with newer bloggers or bloggers who have not had a really successful quarter four in the past. Sometimes they're just not realizing the influx of traffic that is possible during that season, but it could also be when you are maybe featured in a magazine or another publication, or maybe you are featured in a larger bloggers roundup of recipes and you find that you're getting an increase in traffic just from that one source. Those types of experiences especially may leave you kind of scrambling to figure out how you can capture some of this audience and make the most of these traffic increases. This can be a huge missed opportunity to be able to take your organic traffic, these random people who are coming to your website, and be able to capture the ones who are your ideal audience. Now, we're not trying to just pad our email list full of people who aren't going to care about your brand message or who don't really understand what type of recipes you share. We want to really set something up that is going to attract your dream audience to subscribe. Now, we can do that with a incentive or a freebie or a really enticing newsletter that people want to be a part of. I don't recommend just doing a generic subscribe for all recipes as your email list strategy, or at least as your sole strategy. I do often include that type of form in our client website designs, but it's often an afterthought at the bottom of the page, not the primary way that we're trying to capture people to an email list. But if you are going to do nothing else, having that type of form where it's just kind of a generic catch-all is better than nothing. And the email 
sequence that you send to those new subscribers afterwards can help you to whittle down the people and get the people who are not the right fit to unsubscribe. So if you're not going to be able to have the time to set up something really strategic now, go ahead and do that kind of generic form. And then what you can do is set up a plan to work on a strategic freebie soon that aligns with your brand messaging and the brand purpose behind your blog. This is one of the biggest aha moments that we see with our clients when we do our strategy call at the beginning of their branding or website design project. And it's when we're really able to dig in and figure out who their ideal audience is, figure out how they want to attract those people to their website and how they want to gather them on an email list. Because no matter the size of your blog, you're always going to have a larger pool of your organic audience versus the smaller portion of people who is your dream ideal audience, the type of people that you can help. So you want to make sure that you have a way for those people who are in your ideal audience to recognize that your website is built for them. You want to give them a way to figuratively raise their hand. So how you can prepare for this one is by getting a signup form added to your website as soon as possible. I highly recommend using something like ConvertKit, even if you're just getting started with your email list, because if you know that email marketing is a priority for your blog and it's a way that you want to grow an ideal and engaged audience, then ConvertKit is going to have the features and the tools that are going to be best for you down the road. And it's quite a hassle to move email marketing platforms. So again, if you know that this is something that's a priority, then I recommend starting with ConvertKit. We'll have a link in the show notes to our affiliate link if you want to get started and sign up with a free trial, but you also can go back and listen to episode 136 for some quick Q4 opt-in ideas. Now I recorded this episode recently and I did it with the idea of quarter four in mind, but these types of freebies can always be a quick win for you. They're meant to be really tangible and quick freebies that you can design and get up on your website quickly so that your readers who, you know, are the right fit for you will recognize that and who will sign up. Another option is that you can use Mediavine's Grow Subscribe widget to help increase your subscribe rate as well. This widget is really cool because it's designed in a way where it focuses in on the widget itself and the rest of the page kind of becomes a little bit less transparent. And then you're able to kind of capture readers as they're scrolling because their focus goes right to that subscribe widget. And we've seen really great results with our clients who use it. I have one last bonus tip for you as you really consider if your blog is ready for growth. Prepare your blog for growth right now by having a support system behind you. Now, when it comes to growing your blog, you do not have to do it alone. Food bloggers notoriously are wearing way too many hats. They're learning to do SEO, web design, learn how to use Gutenberg, start a podcast, and do so many other things. We have watched our clients at Grace and Vine go through these pain points of growth, and we've watched them struggle to do it all alone without having that support system behind them. And so we finally came up with a solution. Now, this is the very first time that I am announcing that we are starting a food blogger support package. With this package, you're going to have a dedicated team of experts who can support you as you scale your food blog. This package is going to support you with working through those pesky WordPress and plugin updates, access to a team who can help you with two small projects or more to help you grow and scale your blog intentionally, plus so many other things that I can't wait to share with you. This package is going to be available for the first time ever starting on Black Friday, 2022. You want to make sure that you are on our email list so you can be the first to get all the details. There's also going to be an exclusive and special offer for those who sign up over Black Friday and Cyber Monday weekend, and we will be announcing that to our email list first. 
I have been wanting to put together something like this for years, and I'm so excited that we're finally able to support food bloggers like you in this way. So be sure to check the show notes for the link to subscribe for email updates. You'll see it written just as podcast updates, but that's the best way for you to quickly get on the email list, and then we'll make sure that you are sent the details for this Black Friday offer and for our new food blogger support package. Thanks for hanging out with me this week, friends, and I will talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I would love for you to screenshot it and share it with a friend. You can tag me on Instagram stories at Grace and Vine. For the show notes for this episode, head to thevinepodcast.com. Talk soon.